long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a great adventure took place. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Third Degree Burn. My name is Brian Hughes, and I'm here with my good friend, Tim Elliott. Say hi, Tim. Hello. I said say hi, not hello. Hi. Hey, I, that's how I roll. Okay. Where the hell am <laughs> Okay, you're not, you're not. No, listen. I'm not a rebel. No, I am no. uh, resistance. <sighs> Sorry, a little asthma there. Um, and we also have with us our good friend, David Thompson. Hello. Did I get that right this time? <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like that pause. Like he couldn't remember his last name. <laughs> Did I get that right this time? <laughs> well, I am. I am. An, I am an intern, so you know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the whole purpose of us uh, getting on here today is not to discuss uh, the works of John Byrne, but to follow up on our discussions on Star Wars and most notably Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, the last movie, so they say, in the Skywalker saga. Um, now, what we're going to do, of course, is uh, we're going to, you know, briefly go over our initial thoughts on the movie, spoiler free. So if you haven't seen the movie, you can listen for a few minutes. Then we'll warn you all off and then talk about the nasty crap, all the spoilerific stuff, the stuff that we love, the stuff that we hated. And we did hate some things. I think we hated some things. Did you guys hate anything? Well, we'll get oh, there. Anyway, we'll get there. I hate it so much. So much. <laughs> anyway. So uh, we'll go ahead and start. This is a spoiler-free section. And just to be nice and, and gracious and everything, we're going to go ahead and let David go first. Sure. So uh, our last discussion, if you all listen to the, the last, I think it was the last 15 minutes of, uh, of our last show, we talked about, you know, the, it was pre-Rise of Skywalker coming out, and, and uh, we gave our initial impressions of what we thought the movie was going to be. Uh, Brian, you said you, you thought it was going to bring closure uh, to, uh, to to the whole saga and that it would have great imagery. Uh, Tim thought that it wouldn't bring closure and that it would have a divided audience. Uh, I think you said that uh, if, if you liked Rise of – or Last Jedi, then you'd probably like this movie. If you didn't, then you won't like it. Um, John, who couldn't be here because he's on assignment, was expecting to enjoy it, and he was hoping to recapture some of the original magic from when he saw the first three movies. And then I thought it would be really good uh, and action-packed and fun. Well, well I, did you I, have? Did, I was just to say, did you have fun? I did. I did. Uh, I know we're, we're, we're no spoilers, but yes. Yeah, so for I think it, what was the runtime on this? Was it like two and a half hours? One hundred and forty-two minutes. So it's like two hours and what's that? Two hours twenty minutes? Something? Yeah, two hours, two hours 20, twenty-two 20, minutes. Twenty-two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, based on the you know the butt o meter, right? Did 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 I start to feel right the 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 uh, the butt get tired sitting in the chair? The, the, no. So the the movie goes by I thought pretty fast. You know, because you're going from place to place to place. Um, so yeah, I thought it was it was fun. Uh, there, there's some slow parts in it, but for a, a you know an almost two and a half hour movie, I thought it went pretty pretty quick. How about you guys, Brian? Well, I really enjoyed it. Um, it it hit me in the feels where I wanted it to hit me in the feels. It uh, answered some questions, some things I was right about, some things I was wrong about. 
And uh, but I I enjoyed it. You know, ultimately I came out of it. You know, the, the thing is, is it it got you know got to me enough that I had you know tears rolling down my face at times because you know I'm a weeper. And uh, you know that it, it funnily enough, you know it it hit a lot of the character beats I wanted it to hit, but it left some things to the imagination. And some people are bothered by that. I'm not. I, I thought that was actually cool that they didn't answer every single question. You know. Because it's just not how it's supposed to work. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was fun first and foremost. Uh, was it a great Star Wars movie? I've seen it twice so far, and right now it's it's getting kind of high on my meter as far as which ones I enjoy the most. Would I want to watch it again? Yeah, I think I want to watch this one several times. So that's that's my initial assessment there. How about you, Tim? Cool. I uh, I liked it. I thought it was kind of uh middle of the road i and i and i need to watch it again i've seen it once and i, I saw a late late showing like 11 o'clock so I, I admit i Oof. i might have dozed a second or two while i was watching it so i need to watch it again to kind of what it's, i've already digested to kind of you know it may go up or down it's not because uh, it was boring folks it's because we're no, no, no. old it's we're old <laughs> yeah it was okay. yeah and i'd been up all day so it had nothing to do with it being boring uh but I, I liked it. I liked it more than Last Jedi, and I think I might like it a little more than Force Awakens. But you know, it, it, it's a funny statement because uh, I don't know if, if you've uh, been been uh, looking at the comments, but Andrew Leyland loved the Last Jedi, and as a result, he's kind of you know in the opposite way with this one. It, it just, it's not that he didn't like it; it's just that he loved everything that the Last Jedi did in deconstructing everything that we you know, been given beforehand. And he felt that this one was basically a, more of a continuation of The Force Awakens and kind of almost ignored. It, it, the last it was. I mean, yeah, and that's exactly what I, when I was, when Dave was reading my comment about it, it would have a split audience because uh, the people that appreciated what Les Jedi did wanted more of that and they didn't want to go back to, to Abrams. And Abrams kind of, to your point, he kind of stepped over the middle movie and just kind of continued with his first movie. So like Scott Ryphon, for instance, I don't think he didn't hate, he don't think he hates any of these movies, but he wasn't a big fan of, um, last Jedi, but he really liked, um, rise of Skywalker. Like he's already done a commentary on it, which I'd recommend listening to. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. This is, this is one that, you know, much like the original three, I think people are going to have their favorites. Um, you know, I agree w with um, with you, Tim. I think this one, I need to watch it again because uh, this was like a you know family affair. I had a uh, couple of nieces and nephews, and my dad. You know, so there was like seven of us, along with yeah. my brother, um, that went to go see it. And I would say, out of these three, I think this is by far the best, followed by the Last Jedi and then Force Awakens. And I, and I think when, I can't remember if we talked I, when we were talking about Endgame and Infinity War. You know, one of my things when I'm watching a movie is always to ask, you know, does does the movie stand alone on its own? Right? Could you watch it and, and enjoy it without seeing the other two? And for sure, this one you can. You can watch this one and just have fun, go for the ride with this movie. You know, you don't you wouldn't have to have seen the last two. You know, it would help you understand yeah. where kind of things are. But you could still enjoy it. I'll tell did you, your kid? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Brian. No, I was just asking. Did your kids like it? 
Uh, Langley's too little, uh, but I can tell you my 11-year-old niece, she liked it. My 12-year-old nephew, he actually laughed at a part, and I'll, I'll bring it up when we get into the spoiler part, uh, mainly because of a lot of, I guess, you know, the kids, you know, do a lot of memes and stuff back and forth, and there was one scene in particular that just confirmed all these memes and, and jokes that the, the kids were trading back and forth before the movie came out. Um, but he liked it, you know, and he's, he's a huge star Wars fan. You know, he, he was super excited for Christmas because he got, um, I think it was the Darth, Darth Maul lightsaber. And then he got like a really nice, um, you know, it's got like a metal, metal hilt, uh, lightsaber. That's, uh, I think it was Yoda's nice. lightsaber. Yeah. It's mm, nice. It was a nice, you know, thing. Cause he, he's at that weird age where it's like, he's not really into toys anymore, <laughs> but there's only like so many video games he can get and stuff like that. Um, cause things are getting expensive, right. You know, so it's oh, like, yeah. well, you know, little kids can get a lot of toys cause you know, they're 10, 15, 20 bucks, you know, whereas one video game is $60, right. but yeah, he, he liked it. I liked it. My brother liked it. You know, we all walked away liking it. And, and the youngest one that was there, uh, uh, my niece Reese, um, she even enjoyed it. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is this is a good one. Langley, Langley's too young at six, I think, to to watch I appreciate this. Appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, it's a little too long, right? You know, like she's still at that that Disney. You know, ninety minutes is about as long as she can take sitting watching anything. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, in a non-spoiler way, uh, you guys want to talk about the eight hundred pound Wookiee in the room, and that is Carrie Fisher's role in the movie. Well, you have to, um, and, and we brought it up in the last discussion too about, mm-hmm. um, you know, her. Obviously, she she passed away right after the last Jedi, and they had had enough material that they were able to use that to insert her into this movie and kind of close the Leia Organa uh, chapter. I thought they did a good job. I, I tell you, after the second viewing, I, I mean, during the second viewing, I was really aware of when they had a stand-in or yeah, yeah, you know, they just they was, just threw in some yeah. ADR, some you know, voiceover or whatever, and you know, I mean, some of the things, you know, some of it worked really, really well. Um, yeah, and and you know, they they surprised me with with the footage that they did have. Uh-huh. So, so, For uh huh. So sure, yeah, I, I was. Uh, pleased with with how they were able to to use her and i thought it was utilitarian i didn't get the feeling like some people have said on other podcasts that um i didn't get the feeling that that you know the characters array or or whoever had to react to nothing on a blue screen no and and they no 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 i I think they did i think they uh it turned out as well as it could for what they had and if they wanted to keep her in the film that I think they did the best they could. Was it completely successful? Uh, maybe 50-50. Uh, but I, I, the other choice was either not have it all, and I think that would be more disappointing. So I think they made the right choice and did the best they could with the footage they had and what they could do with her. Um, yeah, it's a it's a bookend to her character. You know, yeah. one, of, one of the things that I like a lot is, you know, in movies where they revisit characters, which these, these movies completely are that, you know, where... You know, it's 30, 40 years in the future, right? You know, where is everybody now? What's happening? 
um, to your point, you know, with, with the footage that they had, I thought they did a nice job weaving her into the story. Yeah. Um, and to, to Brian, to your point, yes, there were a couple times where it's like, well, that's obviously not her, you know, or, you know, the, you know, the body type, you know, it was close, but not quite. Yeah. But I didn't think it was distracting. Well, her you know, contribution it, to the ending piece um, made made things pretty obvious to me at, at, at points. But yeah, I won't say anything more than that until we get into the. Spoiler yeah, they, they they had some nice reveals with her, and it was certainly better than if they decided to go the route of doing uh, a Rogue One uh, Peter Cushing and digitally inserting her either with her actual voice from clips or you know get a voice of, you know a, uh, somebody to do her voice. I don't think that would have worked at all, and I think the fans would have turned against that. So I think I think they they did the best they could with what they had. Well, and it was the right thing to do for her character, right? I mean, Han, you know, spoiler alert for the first two, Han got his send-off in Force Awakens, Luke got his send-off, right, in The Last Jedi, and she gets hers here in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Now, what did you guys think of the the new characters they introduced, like Zori or Jana, or uh, what was the uh, little guy's name? On- Baba Frick. <laughs> Babu is Frick the, is that the Babu little bitty Frick? guy? Yeah, yeah he was okay. We're getting into the standout stuff, but yes, Babu Frick was hilarious. He was the best part of the whole movie. Oh my gosh! I and it, so you know to put it in context, I did not watch. You know, other than the initial few trailers, I stayed away from everything because I did not want to have anything spoiled. Right. You know, I. You know, and in today's, you know, Facebook and the web and just regular news, right? It's really hard. But I managed to stay away from any spoilers or any type type of those, you know, like best moments from Rise of Skywalker. So he really surprised me. And and for those that don't know, he's like a little cat guy. I think he was like a little cat. He's a little hybrid. Something. Yeah. Yes. He was pretty cool. He was pretty cool, and I also like the 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 ape guys that uh, worked with Kylo Ren. And I don't think I'm spoiling anything there. When when he was well, I I don't want to give anything more away. We'll we'll talk about that during the spoilers. Um, Of course, another new character they brought in was the droid Do, which uh, I I mean that was just a kid's toy droid. You know that's 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 what that was. It, It did have you know it did help a plot point. And uh, that was yes. actually 3PO's arc. And I, I was surprised to see 3PO actually have a full arc uh, in, in, in this. And, and the thing, the arc was actually very relevant to the plot and uh, made you appreciate him. Oh, here we go. Here's our first Uh-oh. disagreement. Uh-oh. I, I hated it. It was so dumb. Oh, well, and we'll, we'll get into it, but stupid. stupid. I, I guess, stupid. I, I got, yeah, I've got some... Some, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say every galaxy, every universe is gonna have their own Asimov's rules. All right. <laughs> and and, and I'll, I'll let it go from there. But uh if you guys want to, unless there's anything you want to bring up non spoilery right now, we can go ahead and get over into the spoiler area and, and you can, you know, dump crap on me for the rest of the night. All right. It's, before, it's getting to spoilers because it's kind of hard to talk around. It, it is. Okay. I will say before before we get into spoilers, since we we did our here's what we thought before. We've given away a little bit of what we we thought. Right now, as of today, I went and rechecked Metacritic. So the critic scores 
are sitting at 54%. Mm-hmm. So this this goes to, you know, I think um, Tim, right, saying it was going to be a divided critics. You know, so 54%, it's got the same score on Rotten Tomatoes for critics. And, and then there's a huge divergence. So the audience score right now is sitting at 86%. Oh. Pretty pretty big difference. Now I yeah, was no. I was gonna say before before we go into spoilers or you know that uh, the one other thing I wanted to take uh, mention excuse me it's my dinner <laughs> my coke <laughs> coming back on me uh, hey you warned me too yeah. uh, is that uh, in in the lead up to this of course I had some vacation time that I got to spend with my son and so we went through every. Star Wars movie. I mean, we went through everything Star Wars that we could. Oh, man. Uh, aside from Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance. I want to go through those, but uh, that's that's going to be a family adventure. Uh, but we went through, you know, all three of the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy. And, of course, we watched The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. We watched Solo. We watched Rogue One. Um, and what else is there? Am I missing something? From those from those movies, and of course we've been watching The Mandalorian, which I I cannot say anything greater than that is my favorite TV series right now, with Lost in Space being a close second. Oh I, I yeah, binged, yeah, I binged Lost in Space uh, Sunday, but I agree. At The Mandalorian is I'm I'm having so much fun with that. Yes, and 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 I will bring that up when we talk about the highlights and kind of disappointments of this one because I I think it it points to some of the issues with the you know, Disney's managing of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the thing is, is that, is that going through all this, when, as I went through all these movies, I didn't ever have a point where I said, oh God, here, now I have to go and watch this one. I mean, I was looking forward to watching each and every one, even Rogue One, even, you know, a Solo. And, whoa, whoa, and, and, whoa, whoa. and watching them again, you know, well, the thing is with Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One is great. It is you, great, but I fell asleep the first time I watched it. And I, but the thing is, it's probably because again, I'm Heresy. old, you know, that, that, you know, and it was warm in the theater that night and it was the, the whole mm-hmm. segment there where they'd gone to rescue and or kill her father, uh, Galen. And, um, I, I basically fell asleep during that segment there. And I think it was just the lead up into it. It got quiet. It was warm in the theater and yeah, just whatever. Rogue, what is my favorite of all the, the three, the three, you know, seven, eight, nine, Solo and Rogue One. Rogue One's my favorite. Well, I've, I've watched Rogue One twice in the last few weeks because I really appreciated it that much more. Uh, I, 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 I have a stronger connection, emotional connection to Jin in that film than I do mm-hmm. Daisy in the three films she's in. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Right. It, it, for, any, for an emotional punch, Rogue yeah. One has a much much stronger emotional punch, especially the ending of that movie. Now, my son has watched Solo several times since we watched it. Solo is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And I mean, it's a Ron Howard film, which, you know, the thing is, I don't think I've ever watched a bad Ron Howard film. I have to be honest as a big star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. I was really poo pooing that one when, when it came out, because I said, I don't need to know anything else about Han Solo. Right. right? I, I, you know, right. Kind of the, I knew what I needed to know from the original movies, right. Why are we going back and revisiting? Right. But I watched it when it came out on Blu-ray kind of as a, as a, well, I'm going to show them, right. You know, 
I bet this movie's terrible, right? Because it did have a lot of, you know, negative press around it as, yeah. you know, well, it didn't make a lot of money, right? And fans, you know, didn't like it. I think that I, I was shocked at how good that movie is. And I think a lot of people had the same feeling as me and just didn't go see it or even rent it when it came out. And yeah. just, I think they're missing out. It's really, it's really that good. I've enjoyed it more each time I've watched it myself. There's some, so. there's some, there's some parts in it that are kind of groan worthy, but they're very mm-hmm. few, very, very few. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, the thing is, if they wanted to continue making films like that, that don't even deal with, take the Mandalorian, for instance, that just exists in the star world, star worlds, star Wars. <laughs> I'm tired. By the way, folks, star. we're recording this on New Year's <laughs> Eve. So if words start to get slurred, I haven't, I haven't started drinking yet. Uh, <laughs> the star Wars universe. Doesn't deal with really anybody that, other than the fact he's a Mandalorian, that you know of. So I think if you did a film like Solo that wasn't Han Solo, it was just those. It was just a heist movie with Woody Harrelson and all those other characters. It'd be just as fun. It doesn't deal with a big picture of uh, good versus evil. We've got to take down the Empire. We got to re- yeah. you know we got to return Jedi. Just just the little corner of the universe. Just tell us that story. Well, and that ties into make, comic books, right? It's like the yeah. You know, not everything can be this, you know, universe ending event, right? There's other things that happen. These Yeah, and I think you can make stories. an endless endless amount of those movies. For right. sure. Right. Okay. Well, I, I think what what it boils down to, at least for me, is that um getting to this movie gave me a greater appreciation for all the others. Yep. Even you know, the thing is is that if I had to sit there and, and put things in order and I'm not gonna put solo Rogue One in order with the the other others part of the the the, the, the three trilogies, um, is that I think Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are my least favorites of the uh, prequel trilogy. But Revenge of the Sith I still put above Return of the Jedi, hmm. and Empire Strikes Back is my all time favorite. I think it's a lot of people. So is this the spoiler alert? Yeah, I think we can go into spoiler realm. Right spoilers now. Uh, right now. So if, if you haven't you seen haven't the seen film, the movie, yep, turn it stop off. Stop this recording right now. Go see it, and then drink a beer or wine or something before you come back here. Okay? <laughs> right, right. Let it let it marinate. Let it marinate a little bit. All right. Do, I guess we should give them a, a promo break or something here, and then when we come back, we're in spoiler world. Works for me. All right. <laughs> everybody this is john the friendly intern here and i'm sorry that i can't join you but i wanted to check in with you about star wars the rise of skywalker hooray finally got to see it and i just wanted to check in with you all while you're talking about the the film and um, i'm one of those who eagerly sat through many showings of the original star wars in 1977 and I scooped up whatever Star Wars toys or things that I could find, such as buttons and uh, t-shirts and all of that stuff, comic books. I read the comics and I read novels and I eagerly anticipated Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi. So there weren't episodes back then, they were just Star Wars. 
and I love them. I still love them, the original series. And I love the theatrical release versions more than the later released when with the additional uh, CGI footage and the redubbed. It was Episode 4, New Hope, or Episode 5, 6. Uh, like I said, back then it was just Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. Loved it. The pre prequel trilogy came around 20 years ago. And I was looking forward to it, but eventually I was not as excited by the final products. So when I began seeing previews for The Force Awakens, The Force indeed awoken me. I was excited. That first preview for The Force Awakens with the intro of the theme song, uh, which some just got me all excited again. I was 12 years old and just looking forward to uh, the next set of the trilogies. And uh, I was excited again. So I've enjoyed The Force Awakens and I like The Last Jedi as well. So the, looking forward to The Rise of Skywalker. I'm very interested in what's going on. I um, really was concerned and interested in how they were going to deal with the the story of General Orlea and with the, after the death of Carrie Fisher, and how they would be able to work that into the story and give her give Leia's the character of Leia the the fitting conclusion that it deserves, especially for Carrie Fisher who invested so much into that. So the original John Williams theme is really impressive to me, and it embodies what Star Wars is which is a space adventure. So when The Rise of Skywalker opened with that theme and that familiar scroll, I was ready to see the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. So uh, it was very exciting. I went a week after it opened and successfully avoided spoilers. Uh, don't know how that happened, but indeed I did. All of my friends and Facebook contacts were very good about not spoiling and Basically, they just said whether they liked it or not, or were they somewhere along the middle. So uh, that was pretty good, and most liked it, which gave me a lot of confidence. And uh, the only thing that I kind of asked was not for spoiler, but was the end of Leia's story fitting? And most of them said it was, and that made me happy. So when we finally decided to go uh, last week, I was really looking forward to it and looking forward to maybe being able to see it in a theater that wouldn't be packed out because it had been a week later. Uh, sadly, that was not the case. It was packed, <laughs> but that's okay. That says how good the story is. So I haven't written, I haven't read everything written uh, that is part of the Star Wars canon. I haven't read all of the comics. I haven't read all of the novels, all of the fan fiction, or seen all of the series animated or otherwise. So I know I'm missing a lot, but someday I might catch up, might get to see a lot of that stuff. So I didn't have a lot of that to pre, I don't know, to uh, prejudge what I decided was going to be uh, Star Wars uh, the, for this film. So some of my friends, they were quite disappointed, they said, because it didn't follow the books or it, it deviated from a lot of what was established in certain ways. So I didn't have that to, uh, I didn't have that to kind of come in and say, yeah, that's um that's not right or that's that's wrong or it should have been this character or not that character or something like that so uh, to me I think that made it better for me uh, I know some are disappointed um, one of my friends is downright just so upset he won't even see the film anymore he says it's ruined for me and I'm like okay 
uh, that's too bad because uh, I mean we're, we're, we can enjoy having the, the series back. So um, some people are upset about the choice of characters. They're upset about the diversity of characters and the actors. And I don't know. You pick it. Some someone's going to be upset about it. And some fans will just never be happy with uh, what the product is. So that's okay. Whatever. So I chose to see the final film, expecting to enjoy it, and enjoy it I did. So I think the actors performed very well. It had everything you wanted in a Star Wars film. It had humor. It had fun. It had tension. It had the villains, the heroes, the epic battle against all odds, and the final victory. And I loved it. And I really liked that they brought back the, the humor without being too over the top about it. So not quite the Jar Jar Binks type of stuff, but um, just the subtle, uh, nice humor, the, the stuff that we enjoyed about the original films. I loved it. So that was great. The actors performed well. I think they did well with their characters. Uh, I'm disappointed that some characters seem to have gotten shunted off to the table, uh, such as Rose, and uh, that's too bad. I think she had a lot um, going on, and um, but they developed some other great characters, like the uh, the characters, um, the former stormtroopers that that were brought in. So that was cool too. Some a lot of good opportunities there, and man, it's just some really cool stuff. Um, the wreckage of the Death Star on the, the planet there in the ocean. <laughs> How that much of a chunk of the Death Star survived to be uh, become wreckage is beyond me after looking at the epic explosion of the Death Star. But okay, that's uh, all right. It serves the purpose. It's great. It was, a, it was a great visual. A lot of good stuff there. Um, interesting conclusion to the end. Love the, uh, uh, the, the final going on with um, Ray and uh, Ben and um, the force coming up. So it was really good and it was really appreciated. And um, the ending was uh, something that um, was interesting. I wish there was a little bit more explanation to it, but it's okay. I think there's more for f future stories to come along. So it was a wonderful job, I think, working with the footage of Carrie Fisher as Leia, and I think her story ended as well as they could make, uh, considering they didn't have her actually there to, to do all the work with, so that was good. So there are things also that I think are just okay, some very predictable and formulaic sections, but uh, you know, that's all in all films, so I chose not to let it ruin the film for me, I just wanted to go in and enjoy it. So for me, overall, I give it a good B+, strong B+. Certainly is an enjoyable film. It definitely addresses the characters. It addresses a lot of the cool stuff. And um, it leaves a lot of good stuff for people to work with later. A lot of good stories to tell and um, things that we can do on. In the meantime, we have The Mandalorian, which I'm enjoying, which I enjoyed a lot as well. Looking forward to some of those future things. So hope you all enjoyed the film and enjoying the Star Wars experience as much as I am. Thanks a lot. we're back all right so uh we're gonna go ahead and talk about the spoilerific side of this movie and uh i mean there's a lot to cover and we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on on, on on everything but i'm going to go ahead and just let you guys throw down 
All right. So I, I, I propose here to, I agree with you. There's, there's so much to unpack in this movie. We could literally have a, a longer conversation than the movie is as long. Absolutely. So, so I would say let's, let's start with our highlights first. So, uh, Tim, I'll let you go first. What were the highlights of Rise of Skywalker for you? For me, I think, uh, getting back to more of a, a kind of a fun aspect of the film, I think a lot of the visuals were, were great. It looked, the, the film looks great. Uh, some of the set pieces were great. The, uh, the, when you, when they have all the Star Destroyers reveal that are coming out of the ice or whatever they're coming out of. And it's, it's very, the, the lighting is very dark and moody and it looks very smoky. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought uh, a lot of the stuff on the water planet, like when Kylo comes out of that, you see that in the in the previews or the trailers, and he's walking out of that uh, kind of yeah. mist of water or wave. That's that's kind of cool. Um, I thought I'm trying to think. I said there's some of the um, I thought some of the battle scenes were good, although they were a little uh, hectic and kind of uh, I wouldn't say wouldn't say uh, it not like jump cuts, but it was a lot of you couldn't really kind of tell what was going on. Yeah, it was. But more the like visual, I mean, that's the visual like look Return of it of would the be Jedi. Like, it was more like Return of the Jedi in the freneticism of it. Yeah, know? but it was amped up a little more than that, I think. Yeah, but that's well, definitely. Just, yeah, I'm going to put that on just that's modern filmmaking now. That's a difference yeah. in, you know, in 30 years or whatever it is um, in the way films are made. So that's not necessarily a decision that Abrams made. I think that's just the way they make films now. But I would say my, my highlight would be just the look of the film. I thought it was, uh, you know, they, they hopped to a lot of different locations. So you had a lot of different um, set pieces and looks and uh, you had some great fight scenes. And I thought uh, the look of, uh, is it, uh, uh, Exo, what what was the planet the Emperor's on? Exil, yeah, Exil, Exil, which I think that's kind of a goofy name, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought the look of that planet was pretty cool. The that was so it was dark and it was it was smoky and very uh, atmospheric. So that that would be my, probably my my uh, your highlights. My highlights, yeah, of of the look of it. I thought the cinematography was pretty good. And uh, Doctor Brian, <laughs> you concur with your fellow doctor? Well, yeah, I thought all all that was good. I, I, you know, the thing is, technically, there wasn't anything bad uh, in the way this thing was put together. Uh, even the music, you know, the score by Williams was again one of those things, and you can listen to it without watching the movie, and it's really enjoyable um, for for someone of his age to be able to put this together and still make a fresh. You know, it, it, I mean, it pull, definitely pulls a lot and throws the themes out there that you want to hear from time to time. But it, it threw a lot of new things in there, and you're just like, wow, he did it again. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as one of the things that I actually uh, was pleased with was that they didn't answer the question of what Finn was going to say. You know, as they're sinking down in that whatever fake quicksand stuff. Oh, yeah. He and said, he's I never gonna, told you. I never told you. And. You're thinking, okay, he's going to tell her he loves her, or he's going to mm-hmm. tell her that he is Force-sensitive, and I think that's what it was. I, think I, it, I agree. It, I that think that's what he was. Force-sensitive, because it, they made it too obvious, especially when you know they had that moment there at the end. He, you know, he, he, he sensed it. So that said to me, okay, yeah, he's, yeah, okay. So there, there's a, a direction for him. 
But uh, the one point I didn't like, and it's just a choice, I didn't like the kiss. Hey, wait a minute. We're not, we're not to our disappointments yet. Oh, darn it. I thought we were supposed to <laughs> say this whenever. No, no, I no, hated no. it. I hated no. it. Okay. <laughs> no, Dan hadn't told us his, uh, his highlights yet. Uh, well, I mean, I still haven't finished the highlights. Uh, Kajimi, I loved everything about that planet. Um, and I, I think they – oh, no, that's a complaint, and I can't bring that up right now. <laughs> but uh, – Save your complaints. Yeah. Uh, complaints be saved yeah. later. Uh, yeah, Brian and, wants to unroll his scroll of complaints, and he's got a sticky note of highlights. No, I'll, I'll tell you, the, you know, one thing, though, that the, the best part of the movie – and I think somebody went to J.J. or J.J. You know, was talking with uh, – Marta Kaufman and David Crane, you know, the guys that, that put together the TV show Friends. And mm-hmm. they realized we need to keep our main characters as much together as possible. Mm-hmm. Because every yeah. time that they were all on screen together, great things were happening. And it's just the chemistry between them, you know, the, the, the things that they did together. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, I, I mean, you know, I, I, the, the misdirection was kind of... But again, we're not supposed to talk about what we don't like. But uh, right. the, the thing is, is that when they had all of them together, it really seemed to be they were firing on all cylinders. And I, I, I just enjoyed that. I enjoyed the interplay, even when they weren't getting along. I think again, because it, regardless of, of whether they were mad at each other or not mad at each other, you could see there was a genuine love. Uh, yeah, I agree that I think that the, the dialogue seemed to be uh, a bit more organic. Than mm-hmm. it was in uh, even the first and the second one for certain characters. Yes, I yeah. thought a lot of Poe's dialogue in the first and second one was he was kind of telling jokes, not being funny. He was telling jokes. There's a difference. Uh, but in this one, they, they kind of bickering and back and forth. They were doing made it seem more organic that these were actual people interacting with each other. But so you know that what? that was that was good. You know what I loved the most. What, Brian? Resolu- what did you love the most? <laughs> the your, resolution your box of, of popcorn. The resolution of Hux's storyline. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody was clamoring for that. Yeah. <laughs> what a that, weasel. Yeah, he gets his. That was perfect. That mm-hmm. was perfect. And I enjoyed, uh, and I, I don't remember his name, the uh, admiral uh, of, the, of the whole fleet. Oh, was that General Pride, I think? Was that his name? Is that his name, Pride, really? I think so, yeah, but not like. P R I D E, like P R Y D E. Yeah, Pride. Yeah, like Kitty Pride. Uh, uh, Richard right. Grant. Richard Grant is a guy I've loved. Yes. Him yeah, since, I like Richard Grant. Ever since like, Hudson Hawk, I've loved that guy. He's the. You great. mean uh, you mean the big bad guy that we don't get reintroduced until the very last film? Yeah, <laughs> it right. has, has a pretty significant role. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he worked for somebody before. You know, and one other thing I'll say, I do kind of, kind of, I have reservations, but I do kind of like. The uh, ultimate description of the Sith and how they retconned the Emperor's survival and goals in this one. Because it makes sense going all the way back to Return of the Jedi. You know, his use of Vader and what he was doing to Luke and why mm-hmm. he was doing it that way. Because mm-hmm. um, he was creating for himself a no-lose situation. But right. uh, I, I actually thought that was in, ingenious, and I, I don't know if that's something Lucas had planned all along. I doubt it. But if you know if Abrams came up with that, or if you know Chris Terrio came up with that, whoever came up with that, bravo, because that was the best way to sit there and bring it back to that square, if that's what you wanted to do. 
and it worked well for for this, and it worked still worked within the previous stories. Agreed. You, yeah. It, yeah. The we- weaving of the narratives together, you know, with the past was was uh, per- done pretty well in this one, I thought, um, without beating you over the head with it. Uh, so I, I concur with both of you. I think the um, the special effects, the CGI, you know, are really top notch in this one. Um, you can tell a lot of money was spent to make sure that this movie looked really, really good. Uh, from you know the uh, the spaceships to the different planets that they went to, which is always my favorite part. You know, kind of like Star Trek, right? They go different places, and you get to to see you know um, you know different worlds that that um, have been created. Thought they all looked great. I love the um, the people celebrating their whatever that festival was. That yeah. they were like weird no, no. hybrid. Elephant. Yeah. I don't even know what they were. They were space like space hippies. They were space hippies. <laughs> right, right. Um, so that that that's all great. I will disagree with my compatriot a little bit that I, I did like uh, Exel, uh, the planet itself. I did not like where they were walking into where the emperor was. You know their their temple. It was so dark. I could not tell what. Yeah. yeah. What, it's, it's... what was it floating? Was it like a weird? you know, like gap that they were walking into that, that was, you know, kind of poorly done. But outside of that, you have a lot of scenes in the bright daylight, you know, um, where they're, they're fighting, you get equally amount of, of, you know, night, nighttime, uh, battles going on. Uh, so yeah, so I, I agree, you know, this one definitely had the teamwork piece too, that, that they were together for most of the film, um, in some capacity, you, know, you didn't have, you know, the, um, and I'm shuddering a little bit, right? The, like the casino scene from the last movie, which I thought could have been completely cut out and, and served no real purpose. I agree there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they weren't off doing these solo missions where they couldn't play off of each other. Uh, I still think that Ray, her character seems separated though from the rest of the folks. Not that she's above them, but it just, I don't know, I felt like her character, they didn't write it in a way to where she really gelled with everybody else or felt like, you know, she belonged she had with them. to. She had to almost be separate a little bit. And then, I mean, the thing is, you saw that she was actually getting real training from Leia. And I'm sure she was giving her all that, you know, adventure, excitement, the Jedi craves not these things. You shouldn't have attachments. Right. And all that, you know, and, and again, you know, it's you kind of have to balance how much you're going to give of the Jedi training because apparently what she is doing by instinct is working better than what the Jedi were doing by rote. See, and uh, so uh, we're saving our disappointments. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going <laughs> to mute, mute myself. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, and it's really short, is when they flash back to Luke training Leia mm-hmm. on how to use when that, when, when her say lightsaber came out in the movie, I was like, what? <laughs> right. But it's always been one of those things of obviously if they're brother and sister, you know, um, she would have some type of force abilities as well. You know, obviously not at the same level that Luke has, but I love that scene and the CGI and it was so good. You know, it, yeah. it didn't, it really blew me away. Like, I well, that supposedly like is the actual footage of the two actors. They just digitally put their head or face on the bodies. That's yeah. it's vintage uh, footage, 
which is probably why it looks good. But yeah, I agree. That's a great. Um, and it's really short. It's only like a couple minutes, yeah. but it, you know, it's so good. Well, that kind of that's the, I guess, to explain. I guess people mm-hmm. that complain in the Last Jedi when she does yeah. the the Force rescue, it was out of the right. blue, right? Yeah. But she, you could even in uh, even in Jedi when he tells her, "Hey, you're my sister," you know, mm-hmm. he says the Force is strong in my family. And towards the end of that, she can sense. She goes when Han says, "Oh, Luke wasn't on that." No, he's not. He, he didn't. He's not dead. And she goes, "No, I can feel it." So she's right. already kind of sort of tap into that uh, to that. So she's going to have some natural ability, uh, unlike, uh, I mean, look at, you know, like Anakin, you know, he was tapping into it without even knowing he was when he was a kid because he was pod racing. So I think even if he didn't have to have that scene saying that she trained with Luke to be an actual Jedi, the Force rescue, which I don't really have a big problem with, uh, I think that's easy. could be explained. One, it could be in a moment of panic. You know, she's out in space. She's going to do uh, – her adrenaline's pumping. She's going to do whatever she has to, to to save herself. So, But I agree. I think that was a great scene. Uh, I'm kind of curious is when she, when did she hook up with Han? Because if yeah. the Jedi is not supposed to have attachments and obviously not supposed to have married or, or have, a, have a family, did she give up? Because I, I, the way I understood it, she gave that up because she wanted to go into more into politics. I guess that's the way she was going to make the universe better, not being a Jedi but by doing it the political route. Yeah, and, like her father. Right. And maybe that's – through that, she was able to – or was she already hooked up with Han? I mean, obviously, it seems like they were together at the end of Jedi. Well, if they're going to make Solo is, a Star Wars – you know, if they're going to make Solo story, they're going to make the – they're going to give us, you know, Han and Leia somehow, some way. I, I'm yeah, sure and, and, and I just – story. I guess I looked more at that scene of, like, you know, a brother-sister thing where it's like you have some ability in the Force – you know, you're you're always using your blaster, but I should teach you how to use a lightsaber too, because it's the most powerful weapon, right? In yeah. the Star Wars universe, so you should at least have some training, you know, with well, how to use. I, and I think he would also say that, well, he if he was at the end of Jedi, he's basically the last Jedi. He they they need to rebuild their ranks, and so we need yeah. everybody who's force sensitive. So she kind of owes it. It's her it's her duty to train. Because they need more Jedi, if, even if she's going to learn just so she can teach more. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool scene with with her. Her in. So the 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 last highlight I'll give because I know we're we're keeping this a little shorter um, is I love I love the the snow clones in the tube yeah. and it was really fast. <laughs> you yeah, know, I and that. I thought that was so perfect. Like because everybody was so disappointed, right, in the last movie when when uh, Kylo pulled the lightsaber forward, right, and sliced him in half, and everybody kind of threw their collective hands up, like, wait a minute, he's supposed to be the big bad guy, and you just killed him. I well, thought nothing. that was brilliant. Yeah, so that to me, that was a perfect way to explain, like, he's he was just a puppet of Palpatine, right? He's just this clone, right, grown, in, you know, amongst many that he just sent out there. Hmm. You know, one thing I found interesting... Um, was, you know, we were talking before about Leia's scenes, you know, being put into it. And I think this is why they had um, the character of Beaumont, Dominic Monaghan's character. I don't know if you guys caught this, but his character basically was on screen pretty much any time they had to do an insert of Leia. And part mm-hmm. of that thing, because it, 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 my son was the one that, that made the comment 
um, the first time he goes, yeah, every time he was on screen, I just had to watch him because, you know, he's always interested in Dominic Monaghan, you know, from everything mm-hmm. that he's done, whether it was Lord of the Rings or his show Wild Things. I don't know if you ever watched that. It's really good. He goes, but, you know, Dominic Monaghan, my wife said, yeah, he's like, he's like screen flypaper. He grabs your attention <laughs> to him. And I realized, yeah, whenever he was on the screen with her, I was looking at him trying to see what he was doing. Why is his right. character on there? Because you don't just throw him in there and then have him do nothing. And really, they threw him in there, and he did, did nothing except hug people at the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that did look weird because that's a recognizable face. And he, to your point, he didn't really – he didn't do anything. So, like, why is he, you know – why is he in here? Well, I think it's the same reason why Greg Grunberg is in there. Greg Grunberg is is basically J.J. Uh, Abrams' good luck charm. He <clears throat> has Greg Grunberg in everything he does. And, of course, he was in all three of these movies as Snap Wexley. He's the guy from Heroes, right? The kind of yeah, the chubby big, guy? The big, yeah. 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 And uh, so, you know, he yeah, – and, and, you know, he's, he's the wedge. He's the Wedge Antilles of this series. But Wedge Antilles was in this one. Did you catch I know. It? I didn't catch him. I heard he was in there, but I didn't see him. I didn't. Well, he was white haired and he apparently was on the Falcon. He was on the Falcon running one of the guns. He wasn't flying a. Oh, I thought he was in. I thought he was in a. a, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that's who that was. Yeah, it looked like he was in. Either he was in the Falcon on one of the the guns or he was in on the Y Wing also working as like a tail gunner or something. But he wasn't flying anything. So you guys didn't bring it up, but I, I. I, I feel remiss if I didn't say one of the highlights was, the, you know, the saber, the lightsaber battles. Um, yeah. Not only, you know, the the big confrontation towards towards the end, right, between Ray and Kylo on the downed uh, Death Star, but the uh, showing Kylo just mowing that was, people um, down. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that was the the second Death Star, though. Yes. Uh, Great lightsaber battles that looked really good, um, you know, had, and had a lot going on. And I think people were critical of that in the last couple of movies that you know we really didn't get what people you know really enjoyed, which was the lightsaber fighting. Yeah, you had really had that one scene uh, in Force Awakens on the yep. the Starkiller base, but and I think the lights they they they're choreographed them a little different, so they look different. Obviously, then we didn't really get any lights. A lot, a lot. Well, we didn't get a lot in. Uh, I guess we get the most in Empire and Jedi. But the way they fought seems to be just a little bit different than they did in the first set of movies with these fully trained Jedi's and uh, the the uh, four, five, and six. So I don't know if that was a conscious effort to make it look a little different, give them different fighting styles. Um, especially with Kylo Ren, he had he has. Um, he has almost an unrefined yeah. style. His is a little more brutal. Um, yeah. It, well, and his his lightsaber. You know, I was sitting there as I was watching all three of these. I was noticing that his lightsaber is is he has to exert more force on it um, to go through things. Yeah, I pictured seen. his like a um, well. One, thank God they fi- he fixed it right. So in this movie, you don't get the snap, crackle, pop that yeah. you had in the last two with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's working, even though it, it, you know, it still has that appearance of being cobbled together, right? The exposed wires. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, to what you said about it being more of a brute, almost like a brute force weapon. Mm-hmm. I, it's to me, it reminded me of like a like an old English broadsword, right? Super right. heavy, you know, really powerful, but you're not nimble with it. 
Right. Scottish Claymore. Right. <laughs> Versus, go. like, you know, the way uh, Kenobi and uh, – um, or Mace Window, the, you know, or uh, Liam Neeson's character, or Kate, no, or even Dooku. They're, they are more it, – it's a lightsaber, so it was more rapier type, or yeah. saber – yeah, fencing, exactly. Yep. You know, and in this finesse. one – Ray was doing a lot of uh, when she was training. Wasn't she throwing it and kind of doing a like a lightsaber kind of a uh, boomerang thing? She'd yes. throw it and it would cut something, and come back. Yeah. So. All right. So disappointments. Uh, Brian, you go first. And and this right here, uh, the thing is, uh, <laughs> the, the, the problem I'm having with this is that I can't say it's truly a disappointment, but. Just it, it seemed like Lando didn't have the right things to do, you know. He, he was underutilized. Yeah, he was a glorified cameo. Yeah, and, and, and it wasn't. It didn't have as much feels to it as the others' characters. I was glad to see him, and he worked well within the plot. But he just didn't, you know. It, it wasn't, you know, there with the feels as, as the others were. So I'm going to piggyback, and I've been uh, um, trying. I'm not interrupting, but I'm going to piggyback on that because I feel like. One of my disappointments in this movie was everybody else seemed like they were just extras around Ray. You know, they, they nobody really had really important stuff to do. You know, they just were kind of there. And, and I need to rewatch it again. But I just, you know, the whole the, through the first viewing, it was like, man, everything is focused on her because Poe hardly got to do anything. Right. I mean. I can say that for just about everybody. Poe's story, I mean, it was in there. There was an arc. I think I think that a lot of his stuff had to have gotten left on the, the cutting room floor because ultimately he is now the leader of the rebellion, you know, the he, resistance. He he's he he was the head honcho right. for that. And if if you want to know more about him, I've read um a plug is a plug for a Marvel comic. So Marvel uh published the Poe Dameron mm-hmm. comic book that explores a lot more of his character with the black squad, uh, black squadron, right? Isn't that there? It's been a little while since I've yeah, read I an issue. Um, but Poe, Poe Dameron, um, as well as, uh, his sidekick, the guy from heroes, snap Wexley. Um, you get a lot more of what, what they actually do in the, the, you know, the runs. He's a much deeper character than what he, how he's been portrayed in the movie. So I, I just, I, I had to piggyback on that because I felt like a lot of, folks you know and i'm trying to avoid the window dressing but i just felt like a lot of them were just along for for the ride well i i I, i'm gonna piggyback on what you said david because i think you've kind of hit on something Mm -hmm. in the first uh not really the first three films but in four five and six you feel that the the rebellion is a a a working group of people that are trying to accomplish something and luke and han and the rest are part of that and they're doing their thing in these three films, it feels like the resistance is just sit waiting for our stars to do the, everything. You right. know, Ray is doing all the important stuff, or Poe is, or Finn is, and they're just kind of sitting off. They don't feel like it's a, a collective group that's doing something. They feel more, like you said, they're on the sidelines waiting for our stars to kind of do the big stuff, and then now they'll come in and, you know, lend a hand uh, when they need to. So I thought that I didn't get, I never had a, a sense of, and this goes for the uh, First Order, that we never got a sense that the First Order was a threat. I never felt like... No. Who was... I mean, how much of the galaxy were they in control of? How much of the galaxy was the Resistance? I mean, was 
seems like in Force Awakens that the government was still kind of there. The First Order was this kind of radical group that that rose up, and then there was right. the resistance that were against them. Well, wouldn't the wouldn't be the resistance? Wouldn't it be the government fighting against the smaller group of the First Order? And then suddenly, okay, the First Order is everywhere. Out. They were wiped out in the Force Awakens, though. I know, but it just I did it. it, it I but, wanted it a little more black and white, like okay, the Empire is in control, and we've got this group of rebels that are that are trying to overthrow that. I never got a sense of who was really in control or who had the most territory well, and uh, the in these is, films. The moment that they put the Emperor's laugh in that one commercial, that one trailer, it basically you know, demystified and took all the steam out of the, the First Order and what they were supposed to be. <clears throat> well, they became... They became his, you know, the arm of his empire. They became, I'm, I'm going to make a Doctor Who reference, so if, if you don't watch it, you won't get this. Uh, when they introduced Davros in Doctor Who, <laughs> he became the leader, and the Daleks became his lackeys. Yep. It's just like that. It's the Empress the back, and now the First Order is uh, just guys that are, you know, they're they're my muscle. Yeah, I, so to, to add to that, you know, I think the juxtaposition is there. Like, Vader was the the scary you know, could be surgically precise, you know, weapon of the Empire, but he was one piece of it. And you always had the feeling that the Empire was like everywhere controlling everything, right? And people were terrified of going up against the Empire because it was so big. And there were all these, you know, generals and, and, and stormtroopers, right? And they had things on lockdown, right? That's part yeah. of the reason why it was such a massive undertaking to go against the Empire. I agree with you. The First Order, I've never understood, you know, well, how much of the remnants of the Empire, because right, this whole, the, all three of these movies are about the First Order being a band of basically what was left of the Empire, right? Because, you know, it's, it's like a war where, yes, the generals and the leaders have all died, but you still have all these soldiers spread out, in this case across the universe, rather than spread out in different countries that were, you know, part of or under the control of of uh, the empire before it fell. They don't just disappear, right? So you, you know, I never got the understanding of like, well, how much of the empire came together to form the first order? Was it a large portion of it? Was it a small portion of it? You know, because a big point in this movie is about how they put out the call for help at the end of The Last Jedi, and nobody came. Right. But they never explain why. Like, did they not come because they're fatigued? Right? Like, I could see that as, like, a legitimate concern, you know, if you were just one of the people on the planet, right, doing your doing your job, right? And it's like, oh, great, here comes another Empire-type group. <laughs> Right. And here's another resistance. Right. Or here we go again. I don't want to get involved in this. Right. This just keeps coming up every 30 years. Right. There's another, <laughs> you know, empire. It's the truth. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, like this is dumb. Well, that was part of my uh, and, and then maybe they explain that because I thought that, too. Suddenly everybody shows up. I'm like, well, why do you do this before? You know, you uh, know if, if they did, then nobody showed up. Why did it? Is it because Billy D? You know, they he can't they can't okay. resist Billy D. So he says, "Hey, Colt forty five, baby." That's right. <laughs> yeah. For, okay, can I? Can we just okay? I'm sorry, Brian. I'm taking your airtime. No, because go ahead. I I have to comment on that. 
Yes, it's the feel-good part of the movie, right, at the end. So, so Tim, you mentioned it, right? Like, the Emperor, right, unleashes all these massive warships, right? The, 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 the big, uh, oh, what did he call them? They were like... Um, Star Destroyers. Star Destroyers, yeah, but they were like beefed-up Star Destroyers, because they, they were had a, they had a, Each owner had like a planet-killing <laughs> right. gun. Right, yeah, right. Star Which, gun. Oh, my gosh, right? Really? Again? Yeah, Again, but it, but it also had Galen Orso's, you know, vulnerability in it. Just blow up the gun, the, the middle part. Boom. Oh, man. When they said that, I seriously rolled my eyes in the theater. Like, I, I, did they, can they not hire competent engineers? Did nobody know? Like, <laughs> hey, you've put this thing on the underbelly of the ship and like a X-Wing, you know, a 30-year-old rickety X-Wing can shoot this, blow, blow up the entire ship. That's kind of a bad design. Well, well, the thing it, is, the thing is, when you kill the engineers that worked on the last one, you know, you're just going to get whoever you can to build from the blueprints you have. <laughs> and and, and they're not going to. The emperor use... had him on a flash drive, and he was like, "Look, <laughs> I've got these old designs." So, I, I, one last thing. So, when they when they unleash the ships, right? So, there's two parts to this. The Exil part where all the ships come up and i'm like holy crap right yeah which is what you're supposed to feel like that's i don't know thousands of ships right um my first thought was does nobody notice there's a a planet that's having billions of tons of whatever you know uh metal they're making these ships out of nobody's tracking their resources like (laughs) hey who's requisitioning all this metal where's it going and there's a crap ton of cash going out there to get this stuff. And, and hey, then, uh, this guy just ordered a hundred planet killing guns. Is that me concerned about that? Right, right. Because they need the you know the the, the, the jewels all, or whatever. It's all those people on Cantobite. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's a black market. But yeah, so that was my one of my thoughts in my head when I'm watching the movie. I'm like, nobody notices this, right? Like. You can't even move stuff across, you know, you know, between worlds without like somebody noticing, right? Nobody's noticing, you know, these huge orders for you know billions of tons of metal. Then, then to what you said, Tim, that Billy D somehow in the Falcon in the span of like twenty minutes of the movie flies to I don't God knows how many planets and gets everybody to come along well, because it's like he got on social media and tweeted and said, hey. Right. Uh, meet me here. We're gonna take on the empire, and it's like because he says the the one of the guys says where they get this navy. It's like it's not a navy. It's just people. Well, do they all have wep? Does every spaceship have weapons? Because if you're there and the family trucker, how <laughs> how are you gonna help? Well, you know the the when they were showing at the very end and they were flashing out to all the planets and they flashed over to the Endor moon and you saw the Ewok there. Someone had done the holdover maneuver. I'm one of those star destroyers. <laughs> and so, yeah, you don't have to have a ship with guns. You just have to have a ship with a hyperdrive. Well, right, because yeah, it's got a horrible design flaw. Yeah, <laughs> if they all want to sacrifice themselves. Right. But. Right. So, so, yeah, so I that was one of my disappointments in the movie was Lando goes off, like you said, he uses the Star Wars version of Twitter and says, it's your boy Lando calling everybody in because you ignored Leia but now you're going to listen to me and you're all going to come. And by the way, there's thousands of these planet destroying ships. So yes, come, come with me. Cause you know, the odds are looking good. 
Yeah. That we're, we're gonna. We're what gonna he, do prob- he probably didn't tell him was chances are you're not gonna survive, but uh, <laughs> you know, right. he didn't tell him that. Okay, no, Brian. He probably Sorry, just to told you. him, "Hey, there's a big party here. Come on, everyone. Yeah. Free Colt 45." They all showed up and whoa. Um, <laughs> you know the, the 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 one thing. I mean, there are the loose storylines that we wonder about. Uh, one of them was apparently there was a whole storyline for Rose Tico with Princess with 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 Leia. Yes. That because of what happened, you know, basically she got relegated down to a very minimal role in the movie. And uh, th- so that was kind of disappointing. I also thought that uh, Zorley, is it Zorley or Zori? Zori Bliss, uh, Carrie oh, Russell's Carrie, character. Yeah, Carrie Russell's character. Had a very interesting character, but they didn't yeah. give her enough to do. She, she was a surprise to me because I. When she started talking right away, right, I'm like, that sounds like Carrie Russell. Because, yeah. again, remember, I've avoided everything. Yeah. And, but it's you know, a J.J. Abrams movie. So, you know, I mean, she's going to show up, probably die. It, exactly. And I thought she was going to be very annoying, right, based on past precedent. And it turned out her character was pretty cool and actually has a cool design. So I don't know if they were trying to do the Boba Fett angle with her, like not put her in too much but make her interesting enough. You know, They were, they were trying to do that, they were, especially with the – who was the – the other uh, rebellious stormtrooper female that uh, kind of they that hinted that there was going to be a Jana. relationship with Finn. Jenna, that was Naomi Aki's character. Yeah, there's and, the, and, the, and she and the others. Others apparently, based on what they said and what Finn said, apparently they're all force sensitives, aren't they? Because they all woke up. Oh, I don't, I don't know if that was. Well, that was something else that was never explained. You know, was this something the first order was doing the brainwashing, or was the Emperor doing it back in uh, Luke's time. Was that how they were those just volunteers or conscripts or whatever? It was it later they decided to brainwash these guys. And yeah, were I, kind I, of, that was kind of confusing to me, order. too, because that was the first because, order's way of doing it instead of because they couldn't get clones. Now, I don't know why they couldn't get clones. Well, I think even by Star Wars, a lot of those clones are either dead or been replaced. So I think by then you're getting just regular Joes that are either volunteering or, I mean, Luke talks about going to the Imperial Academy. Right. So he was going to train to be a pilot or a stormtrooper at one point. And Han signed up for the Academy as well, you know, and got got himself kicked out or got himself, got, got himself (laughs) last name and everything. Yep. Um, (laughs) I like his cameo, by the way, who's with Kylo. That was a good scene. Yeah, that was a great scene. Um, you know, one thing I forgot to point out earlier, uh, we were talking about Babu Frick. Yeah. That that, the voice was Moaning Myrtle from the Harry Potter movies. Oh. Oh, so I didn't that, know that. That was, that was interesting, yeah. But, yeah, I think I, every, we liked everything about Babu Frick, though. <laughs> I would watch a movie with him. No, I, I am still trying to figure out how Babu Frick and um, Zori got away from uh, Kajimi or knew to get away from it before it got blown up. That's an excellent question because when she showed back up, when the, when the two of them showed back up again, I was like, huh? because there's there's other things that are not okay. It's like so, in Rogue One. How did what's his name, Doctor? What's his name? Get off of uh, uh, the the that city out of that city into Tatooine before they blew up that city, right? Where they get so the, so, um, so so, so this is where Disney and Marvel's own continuity or Disney Lucas Marvel continuity doesn't work together. Because the one surprise that I we didn't get is Captain Phasma. And in the comics, she survives her fall really? in the movie. 
yes, she survives her fall and goes off, you know, on an adventure. So she's alive and not one appearance. So I thought she was going to come back and play a better role, like because everybody was disappointed in her in the first two. Yeah, that was, she might as well not be in the first because I'm talking about introducing a character and just doing nothing with it. Uh, I never, I, I never even thought it, until you mentioned it right now, David. I didn't even think about Fasma right. being. Um, you, you guys have back. been reading then because apparently Benicio del Toro and her are going to be starring in a new Star Wars series, DJ and Phasma. <laughs> I am kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you may not be too far off. I mean, they, or if they're leaving cer- certain characters off the board so they can put them into a Disney Plus show, I wouldn't doubt it. That's possible. I mean, why not? Why you know? Why uh, do you? I mean, the thing is, I, I, Benicio del Toro. If you're going to use him, you use him in a movie. All right, he is. You know, I, I don't know if you want to call him an A-list actor, but he is right up there. And yeah. I mean, you there was stuff you could have done with him and uh you know he he didn't get used for this and i don't know if that was his choice their choice or or you know whatever or they couldn't afford him or whatever i, I think I, it could have been i was disappointed he didn't show up yeah well i don't know where you would fit him in i i think uh because i'm gonna ask you guys a question about the because this is how i felt about the first 30 minutes 45 minutes of the film i thought the the editing was so quick and that they didn't seem to, it wouldn't slow down. This, the, the way they cut the scenes was weird. Like a scene would start to end where you think it would naturally end, then it would cut, and suddenly another. Then they would jump to a scene that should have started three or four seconds before. They kind of jump in the middle of it, and I felt that way for the, about the first half hour or so. To went like, what is going on? It was moving so fast that I, it wasn't that way in the Force Awakens. I don't think I don't know if that was a why JJ decided to to cut it that way. It seemed to settle down towards, or else maybe I got used to it. It seemed to settle down towards the end of the movie, and I, I didn't feel that way anymore. But now it, it still cut a lot, and I think the um, the whole the whole thing was that Chris Terrio wrote this one as opposed to you know who JJ had on the first one. Didn't he have Lawrence Kasdan helping him on the first one? Kasdan, I think that I thought he yeah. helped on this one too. But but I you know the thing is the writing on this one seemed to be a lot like you said tighter the language is more familiar you know there was a lot more going on in this and, and there was a lot of things to toss around so I think you know they they uh, had a lot going on there it's funny uh, Chris Terrio actually voiced uh, uh, Colonel Akbar you know Admiral Akbar's son <laughs> <laughs> Brian yeah, any more disappointments on on your list before I go through my litany of no, disappointments. I mean, I mean, there's, there are going to be, you know, different things you wish they would have done or hadn't done. But I mean, I'm, I don't want to bitch about it that much. Most of mine aren't really hard complaints. I mean, I've got a lot of nitpicks. My biggest, uh, my biggest disappointments are, and I don't mean to step on you, David, on your fixing, you were fixing to do yours and we've kind of been going back and forth. I, do have I thought it, I thought it was too much story that they crammed. This could have easily been two films. I thought they tried to cram too much in, and it felt kind of rushed, and it didn't. Ha- you didn't get a chance for anything to kind of breathe. And I know they don't want to do two films because then it's not a trilogy. But right. uh, I felt like they were trying to to wrap up too much stuff, introduce some new things, answer all the questions. Uh, and then my other kind of disappointment was C-3PO because the they introduced the stakes of him having to have his memory wiped. And 
have the guts to leave it that way. But no, R2 comes along and, oh, here we go, just back up your memory. And he's fine. Oh, so we're, going that, we're going there already? Yeah, there's no stakes <laughs> there. I mean, let him have his memory wiped to keep it that way. Yeah, I. Well, this is why I said I thought it was dumb, is, so of course they figure out a way, you know, oh, R2-D2 has a backup copy. Don't you guys remember, right? He does a daily backup, right? Right? Of what? Like, Everything? What? Are you kidding me? Um, and then when has it ever been talked about that he can't translate a Sith, you know, the Sith writing, you know, okay, or speak it yeah. out loud? And I figure that had to be like the Star Wars equivalent of Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. But it's never been brought up. You can't just throw that in there out of nowhere. Whoa, wait a second. There are so many things that had not been brought up before this movie. They got thrown in, and we just accepted it. Those wayfinders Did to, we? The, to the planet What's this weak stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just there, there was a, a lot of stuff that was thrown in, and we, we, we just accepted it. But well, you, have, the, you, the, you do to let the plot go on. Now, the fact that you could jam, uh, what was it, when they came out with the horses? He says, jam the speeders. Oh, they're not using speeders. They're, you know, they're using horses. Has that ever been brought up that no. you could deactivate I mean, I the speeder? I know you can jam the radio on the speeder by hitting but the that... center switch, but I mean, <laughs> again, that doesn't jam the speeder itself from running. How do I know? No. Just watch Return of the Jedi. Hmm. So, so the C three PO mini plot is dumb. Um, I, Tim, I think Tim and I are in lockstep on that one. It, you know, just I could have done without that. Um, well, you know, like I said, I enjoyed the arc. I didn't enjoy the, um, the, the the reloading of you know of his memory. That right. you know, I mean, and, and, and of course he made that comment earlier that uh, R 2s storage is notoriously bad. Boy, I'm glad we were able to hold that Death Star <laughs> information right. on there when we did. <laughs> See, and I and, and, and I the, thought the they were going to go Skywalker. <laughs> I thought they were going to go a different way. So in the comics. There's a murderous version of C-3PO called Triple Zero, mm -hmm. and he's a murderer, and he's got red eyes, not the gold eyes that C-3PO has. So when his eyes turned red, I thought, oh, man, you know, they to, to kind of Tim's point, like, have some weight to this. Like, you wiped him, and turns out what he was before was not good. <laughs> so now you're in trouble. You know, they could have done something with it. Um so my biggest my biggest disappointment in this whole thing is, and we um, we brought up pre-show, and I said I'd save it, so I've saved it. We get a god darn retread again with Kylo Ren turning to the light, turning to the good side, and sacrificing himself, you know, to save the day for Rey, who, in my opinion, has not earned her status at all throughout any of these three movies, everything has come easy for her and you get the last, you know, uh, remnant, right. Of, of, uh, the Skywalkers sacrificing himself. And, Oh, what do you know? He gets to go and live in, you know, space Valhalla as a Jedi. <laughs> Still the core. Give me a break. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I, I I agree. It's it's a lot. I have a, I had a very strong Return of the Jedi vibe. I thought they yes. repeated a lot of the same, the same it's, way. Yeah. Force Awakens repeats New mm -hmm. Hope. Um, and I agree. I think that they uh, they didn't they never knew what to do, and I never really warmed to Ray at all because I thought in the first two films her 
her whole emotional state was just pissed off and angry. She was just mad. And, and we see a lot of that in this one, too. Yeah, but at mm-hmm. least there were a little bit where she kind of calmed down and she was kind of, I guess, the, mostly when she finds out she's the uh, that the Emperor's her granddad. Um, <laughs> the, <that> audience, <laughs> the audience in the theaters I was at both times, there was an audible, oh, my God, you know, when that, when that was discovered. But that goes in the face of, is it Leia that tells her, don't be afraid of who you are? Yeah. Because like, they point out that Leia knew and probably Luke knew that she was Palpatine's daughter. Yeah, which, by the way, they're amazing at keeping secrets, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> when they're bitching like about everybody whole, else keeping secrets. Yeah, when a whole bunch of people evidently knew that she was Palpatine's granddaughter, which he's the worst person they've seen in the last, you know, however many years, and nobody is concerned about that at all. Well, didn't, didn't uh, Kylo, you know, he's the one that told her in The Last Jedi that your parents are nobodies. Yeah. Uh, and that's what everybody well, we loved knew, about we knew, that. We knew that was a ruse. Yeah. But, but as soon as she shot that Force Lightning, you know, I was like, oh, Emperor's daughter. Or I thought maybe they'll do, because that's been one of my complaints with all three of these is, why does everything have to tie back, you know, to either the Skywalkers, right, or another legacy character? I would have much rather seen her be Dooku's, like, lineage somehow. Well, yeah. the, 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 the Emperor lineage and the ties to the Skywalker kind of make some sense, but I'll go over that later. Um, there was one thing that but Brian, really... You don't, don't you think it would have been better if she would have been, like, Dooku's no, great-granddaughter? It, it doesn't, it doesn't... I mean, the thing is, if you go on the idea that Palpatine is not related to anybody else then yeah, you could have that as Dooku. But ultimately, what you have to accept is Palpatine. The Sith, in general, are related to the Skywalkers because it was the power of the Sith using the midichlorians to... And I hate to use that, but... Using Ugh. the midichlorians to give Can birth we bleep to that Anakin. Out? To give birth to <laughs> Anakin. So Anakin, while a Skywalker, is also a Palpatine. So there is no problem with Rey saying that she's a Skywalker, in my mind. No, but I think she's. But to to Leia saying, "Don't be afraid of who you are," and right. that seemed to be this, the the theme behind the Last Jedi was that that anybody can be a Jedi. You don't have to be special. Uh, you don't have to be born because you know everybody was was concerned that oh she's going to turn out to be Luke's daughter. And yeah. then when Ryan Johnson basically said, "No, she's a nobody," uh, but that they really, they love that you know because it just proved that oh anybody can be anybody can be special, but. So in this, she doesn't embrace the fact that she's a Palpatine. Uh, she decides, no, I'm a Skywalker. So she kind of, to me, she's hiding who she is. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that either. You know, I thought she hijacked, you know, the Skywalker name, you know, to serve. And, and this, this really goes back to, and this has didn't nothing. Mind. Well, <laughs> this goes back to my complaint with Ray from the very beginning has been everything has come way too easy for her. Right in the Force Awakens, she's using Force abilities like nobody's business. Even though nobody's trained her, right? She's able to go up and do the from the first movie, do a you know a mind battle with Kylo, who was trained by Luke, and she hasn't yeah. been trained at all, right? And and we see it in this movie, like kind of come to that head where she's freaking healing people. Like where did that I, come oh, from? That, okay, that, hold on a second. I, hold on a second. <laughs> the whole point of all this was, of course, bringing the balance to the Force. It's the Force itself. That was allowing one thing to happen or another thing to happen. The force allowed the emperor 
to shut down the Jedi to the Force because there was way, way too many Jedi in the universe versus how many Sith there were. Because there was only like two or three Sith at most when there really should only be two. One, you know, always two. There right. are a master. And a exactly. No, no yep. Okay, and there is well, not according to this movie because they had like a billion sycophants in that temple. <laughs> no, those were those were the souls of all the past Sith. Uh, yeah, they're like Sith ghosts or whatever. Yeah, that's what yeah, that was. I, it was Sith ghosts. Now the thing is, and, and this is the part that really got my goat, and it still bugs me right now, badly, is that when Ray sits there and says she is all the Jedi. And you hear all the Jedi talking. You hear even yeah. Ahsoka Tanu, Kanan Jarrus, yep. Qui-Gon Jinn. Yep. You hear young Ben Kenobi played by Ewan McGregor. But then you hear old Ben Kenobi played by Alec Guinness. What the hell was that? What the, that right there blew the illusion for me. It was like, okay, it, it makes sense. It's like changing the, the last scene in Return of the Jedi to young Anakin. You know, it just completely blows the moment. That's no, just what, them wanting to honor, I think, Guinness for being in the film. I mean, uh, that's fine, but then you use the Alec Guinness voice. Right. For yeah, everything. I agree. You yeah. well, do and, both. And, okay, so so my beef with the, the whole life, so the, she heals, you know, the snake, which allows him to get out of the desert thing. You know, she heals Kylo, right? She gives him the fatal blow. He's going to die. You know, right. she heals him, which doesn't seem to take much of a toll on her, by the way, even though she said, I transferred some of my life force to the snake, right, mm -hmm. to save it. Where the hell was this crap when Luke was sitting on the island and he looks like a shaggy dog, which he looked horrible in this movie, by the way. He should have had the short hair from the original movies, you know, or what he normally looks like now as an older man. Well, he would have looked much better. He stopped doing the workout program that he and Carrie were doing because he thought it killed Carrie. Um... <laughs> Why didn't she transfer some of that life force to Luke? Right, like, oh, hey, I, I can, uh, I can the transfer did some. Not, the force did not so have her do any of that, and, and that's the thing. That's my whole point: is that she reacted instinctively to these things based solely on her moral compass, and because she was doing that, the force let her do, you know, do a lot. It, it let her fight Kylo like a Jedi. Yeah, basically like she's done through all three of these movies where it's like, oh, I'm just going to do my force mojo here and save this snake, and I'm going to save Kylo Ren even though I shove my lightsaber right through his chest. Look, the thing is, <laughs> the, the one thing that, that Luke was talking about and Yoda were talking about is that the teaching of the Jedi are very regimented, very rigid. You know, they're, they're basically trying to avoid instinctive action. Because a lot of instinctive action is the things you do when you're angry, when you're upset, you know? So they're recruiting people that are all up and down the morality scale. And we saw that in the Clone Wars. There were Jedi yep. that seemed more, more inclined to have been Sith Lords rather than Jedi themselves. Yeah. But they were raised and brought up by the Jedi. Yeah, but see, but see, but see I would disagree with that. They were more morally gray, which to mm -hmm. me is not necessarily a bad thing, right? They see it as a, you know, yes, this person has to die, whereas like a Yoda or a Luke would have tried to find some way not to kill whatever it was. But but didn't so, you see Rey as more morally gray than, say, Kylo was? Kylo is definitely, you know, morally corrupt. No, I... Well, okay, I, okay. Actually, actually, you just crystallized a thought in me. And I'm I did? Uh, yeah, uh, Kylo Ren had a transformation that was almost Christopher Reeve-like. 
um, when she brought him back, you know, the harshness of his features, the way you know, the anger that was always on his face, the, the way his whole body was always tight and everything was, was just mm-hmm. kind of gone. And there was a relaxed, you know, much more uh, at, at ease with himself kind of figure. I mean, after he went all the things he did, you know, almost, you know, dying and then coming back or whatever you want to call it and talking with his with with, you know, his idea of his father and all yeah. that there was a, a a complete change in everything about him even the way he carried himself and of course that's a, a sign of the acting of adam driver who's really an awesome actor if you watch any of the other things he's been and he's amazing as long as you don't show any of that to him because then he'll walk out on an interview with you <laughs> but you know what what you see there is is that you uh, we'll talk about what ben had said to luke uh early on is that uh, in, in Return of the Jedi, is that when he gave o- gave up to become Darth Vader, the man he knew as Anakin died. And then when Anakin turned against the Emperor, it wasn't Darth Vader there anymore. He wasn't Darth Vader anymore. He was Anakin. And that's why they allow him to be redeemed, because he wasn't the guy that killed all those kids. That guy was that, that, that Darth Vader side. Same thing, I think, with Kylo Ren. Is that when she defeated him and he had that epiphany, Kylo Ren was gone and that was Ben Solo. And that's what no, allows well, him but to he, be redeemed. But yeah, I mean I think the, his redemption comes from his from his his imagined conversation with Han Solo. Yeah. Right. I think that's where it comes from. From because well, Han, Han tells him yeah. tells him Kylo Ren is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And and that's the that's the whole point of their redemption arcs it's not the redemption of darth vader it's not the redemption of kylo ren it's the redemption of anakin skywalker and ben solo so i say i so, so i say that this is my biggest disappointment right between these two characters and and ray everything coming so easily for ray i personally would have much rather had uh, the ending i'll give you in a 20 second snippet here right. of ray right they have their battle um Right, Ben has the moment with Han where he realizes, right, because he because this whole the whole trilogy, right, he's been fighting between the 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 light and the dark mm-hmm. the entire time. Ray goes finds Palpatine, right, which um, Tim you had mentioned, right, all these callbacks, right, or repeats, retreads that we've had issues with. She has the same kind of moment where she sees the dark version of herself. Mm-hmm. That right. does in the like in the cage. Yep. The cage. Yep. Yep. Exactly. She looked badass, right? As a as a Sith, because she had that double sided saber that had kind of a curve to it. It's kind that of a switchblade. Yeah, it was. It looked cool <laughs> as hell. I would have rather seen her embrace right her lineage, and she goes bad, right? It would explain why everything came so easy, right? Because Palpatine the whole time. Right has been feeding all of this to her, right? Throughout all three of these movies, strengthening her. That's why she's been able to do these things and not really understanding how she's been doing them. It's right. because he's been manipulating everything. So she finally says, "Screw it!" Right? Goes dark, embraces it. Then you have the battle between, um, good you ben. know, Ben. Yep, good Ben Solo and Bad Ray. Bad Ray. But would have been a much better that, movie. That's more interesting. But does he, in the end of that battle, does he defeat her or does he bring her back so they're both redeemed? I could see oh. it. He 
yeah, I, he, I like your idea. I like your idea yeah. of her going bad and him being good because I never thought that she was ever conflicted. Uh, and to your point, David, that's my impression. Is she it, it, this came, everything came so easy to her? Yep. She never really had to struggle through all three movies to no. do anything, and she never felt conflicted. And Kylo, on the other hand, was. But I think that goes to I think Adam Driver's a better actor than uh, Daisy Ripley. He's but, a goofy looking guy. My God, he is. But he's 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 you know he can at least he can emote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Even behind a mask. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that's what I loved about the first film and even the second one. I love the way they modulate his voice when he's got that mask on. Mm-hmm. It's just the way he talks and his cadence and the way they've yeah. got it pitched. It just sounds fantastic. Uh, he always makes me think of those androgynous characters on Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> that with his voice in in both those in, in in the Force Awakens and you know whenever he was talking in that mask, that's what that you know it's just very uh, it gave me the creeps. Talking about the binars. Well, yeah, the binars are one of them, but I mean there were several different ones over the years that they did it with that kind of androgynous uh, multi like voice. The- yeah, the one that uh, Riker falls in love with. Yeah, so okay, so to, to, ra- to, to wrap this up, right? I, yeah. So I would have much rather have seen Ben Solo live on, right? So should, I, I like your idea, Tim, right, of, okay, he, def- he maybe he defeats her, he doesn't kill Ray, but it's she's down and out long enough for him to kill uh, Palpatine, right, who's hooked up to, like, the ultimate... Yeah, but the, you know, the, the thing is, is that... If he was the one again with with Palpatine telling us his history and everything, what you realize is Palpatine isn't even Palpatine. He's Darth Plagueis or whoever was before that or before that or from the very beginning. He is simply the dark side of the Force given a face. But my because, problem is that she, by her living, mm-hmm. she could potentially spawn the next Palpatine. Right. Right. But, you know, I mean, when, I guess the same the same way that Ben Solo could, right? I mean, he could father the next Vader. Well, why couldn't the, the Emperor come? I'm sure the Emperor's dead, but why can't he come back as uh, a Sith ghost or whatever and slowly <laughs> influence her and have her turn? Look, in 30 years, later, there's going to be another series of movies, and there's going to be a Kaminoan going, hey, what's in this tube here? <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought it was a very predictable, and I, and I said I would say what happened in the movie. So my 12-year-old nephew, right, he laughed when the kiss between Ben and Ray happened. Uh, and, of course, I looked at him like, holy crap, dude, like totally inappropriate, right? Like this is an emotional moment. <laughs> Why are you laughing? He then tells me after the movie that all these memes have been going around, you know, shipping, you know, um, Kylo and Ray. Oh. So when, when that <laughs> happened in the movie, right, he was like, oh, my gosh, right, they actually did it. So that's why he laughed, and but I can totally understand his laugh because it it does just kind of fly in the face of this, right? Where it's like, please, do we have to have you know these perfect Disney esque type endings? You know, like can't he just die, or can't you know Ray be turned to the dark side, right? And then people die, and or at least let it be a little ambiguous when it ends. You know, is she fully good? Or is right. there a hint that she might turn? Have you know? Uh, and I don't want. I haven't watched Clone Wars and I haven't watched Rebels. But somebody said at the end when she lights her lightsaber and it's yellow. Yeah. That's a guardian lightsaber or a guardian color. I don't know what that yeah. means, but it's. Um, I guess it's 
she's she's destined for bigger and better things. Well, of course, because you know she fits the mold, right, for checking all the boxes for modern day heroics. Yeah. But you know, I was much more interested in the short, you know, two minute, you know, evil Ray, you know, which of course they made her look badass, like we said, than the good Ray because of what we've seen in the three movies where everything just came too easy. There wasn't this arduous journey that like Luke went through to learn how to use his abilities, right. And, and failing, you know, so all of this wrapped up to say, you should definitely go see this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I would, yeah. I would recommend it. I mean, I think if you've seen the first, if you haven't seen the first two, don't bother. But if you've seen the first two and it, it tries to wrap things up, I think it, it answers as many questions as it has. I think it brings up questions that doesn't answer. Uh, I I always wanted to answer of the um, and what's her name? Ma, uh, who's the chick with the big googly eyes? Maskanada. Yeah, Maskanada. <laughs> Maskanada. Yeah. She was going to explain how she had Luke's lightsaber. That's never. Yeah. Explained. No. Um, I guess that's not needed. Um, she got I, hit I, in the head <laughs> on the planet Bespin. <laughs> When that thing fell from the sky. She was a sky. gas planter, and this thing fell out of the sky. I'm like, what is this? And then the hand came down <laughs> and slapped that's her in the gross. face. <laughs> and that's why she has to wear those glasses. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you guys think, uh, I know we kind of kind of wrapped this up because I think we went longer than we thought, but I've heard that this movie tries to make everybody happy, that it kind of bends over backwards. And I certainly feel it does for those that didn't like The Last Jedi. I don't see a lot of service for those that liked Ryan Johnson's movie. I don't. I mean, I think maybe the horse scene, maybe because that's kind of reminiscent of the the Kendo bite scene. But I see it seems that to satisfy more of the people that didn't like Last Jedi and and complained about it than it does to try to balance and make everybody happy. What do you guys think about that? You know, the the thing is, and, and this is what ultimately what I was thinking of in all this, is that, you know, when The Force Awakens came uh, came out, people jumped on, you know, the, the, oh, it's just a retread of A New Hope. You know, it's just giving you all this stuff. And ultimately, you know, there was a large contingent of people that was really happy with The Force Awakens because it gave them all that stuff that they'd missed for the last 30, 40 years. And then The Last Jedi comes out and is a complete departure from everything that we're used to in the Star Wars movies. It just, you know, completely went off the rails and gave us a bunch of stuff that we're like, what the hell? Where did all this come from? And then we get The Rise of Skywalker, which, you know, goes back to that first one. And it's almost like saying, what's it going to take to please you guys? We give you... You know the the old stuff, and you're just like ah, you're copying yourself. You give me well, something, you're not new gonna, and you're, you're like ah, you're yeah. you know. But the thing is, all three movies have like a 7.0 rating there on IMDb. Um, this one right here, I don't think is getting argued as much as you know the Last Jedi was. I don't think that there's the big angry groups that are saying this is well. The best, I think it's the worst. It's I think it's because the, the the most vocal fans or the diehard fans that were vocal about Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. This one comes out, and they like it, so they're not being, they're not moaning and groaning about it. The ones that don't like it, the ones that like Last Jedi, I think are just, are just, they're not the type that are going to come to social media and start uh, complaining. So I think that's one that doesn't seem to be a, um, uh, a big brouhaha about it. But uh, I think um, 
I think JJ played a little safe with some stuff he was doing. He kind of, I think that's a lot of retreading the same that David was talking about, retreading a lot of the same themes, a lot of the yeah. same yeah. um, uh, storylines and beats, and that because he's playing it safe and he wants to try to, uh, you know, he, he wants to. I mean, they want to make in the end, they want to make a successful story. They want to make a, a movie that's going to make money. So uh, I, I think it suffers from love him or hate him. The the prequels at least have a consistent voice through all three of them, and obviously the four or five or six do these because they're made they're you know the middle one seems like it's completely out of sync with the the, the first and the last, so it doesn't seem like either they don't they had a through line story, or they didn't have somebody overseeing it. I don't know what happened, but it's that that definitely feels like somebody has not overseen these three movies. They all kind of fit cohesively. I really want to see what George's blueprint was that he provided them because he, he gave them something and they completely. Yeah, I'd heard that. Yeah, you know, it stepped away from it and, you know, ignored it. Um, but, you know, ultimately, though, I think what, what we wind up with is that we've got the first movie that, you know, had a little bit of division. The second movie had a whole lot of division. Yeah. But the, the third movie here. While not the greatest, I, and I don't think that there's anybody out there that's saying this is the greatest movie ever that we were hearing for the last two. But this one, you know, they're not saying it's the greatest movie ever, but I don't think anybody's out there screaming it's the worst movie ever either. I think it's so no, no, no it's, it's middle not far of the road. Yeah, that, you know, it is. Yeah. It is. It is giving you a, a a Sith Jedi balance of a movie. I think it's on. I think it's on par <laughs> with the prequels. I think those are middle of the road. Films to you know, middle to 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 good to you know. I think Revenge of the Sith has got some pretty strong um, scenes in it that may is none of them are great the way Star Wars is, right. but I can't I can't be optimistic. I mean, uh, um, uh, I have, I'm biased about Star Wars and Empire because I saw those when I was 12. I cannot take that away, so I can't see those through. Uh, my 53 year old eyes now and go, Oh, well that movie's okay, but it's kind of silly. I can't. So it's always going to be star Wars. It's going to be fantastic. So there's something, there's something unique about star Wars and star Trek in that they can reach into you and pull out emotions and bring you back to being a kid. Mm -hmm. And, and yet at the same time, you know, kids can watch them and enjoy it too. Like I said, you know, I had, nine, 11 and 12, um, with me and they enjoyed this particular movie. Uh, you know, so I, I agree with what you said, Tim, that, you know, and Brian, that I, I don't think this movie is great. I don't think it's deserving of what I say. The Metacritic score was like 54%. I think it's better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the audience, at 86% is, is more, more truer to the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, if I, if I was going to grade this one on, you know, kind of the school grade, yeah, I would say it's too. a, it's a B, right? It's yeah. above average. I'll it's say all better. three, all three of the sequel trilogies were a B. Yeah. Above average, enjoyable, you know, out of the three, this one was the most fun in terms of the special effects, the places that they go, the battles, you know, the, the just kind of the cool stuff that happens, and the which to me is, yeah, which is a big part of Star Wars and Star Trek. You know, both those franchises, you know, you want to see cool stuff. And, and this one has a lot of cool stuff. Uh, 
you know, they're clearly they're going to be selling some, you know, Babu Frick dolls oh, yeah, you know, yeah. in, the, in the future. And Dio, and Dio. Actually, yeah. I bought a Dio for my daughter. So, yeah. yeah. Now, let me ask well, you. Um, they've got to stop making all those Baby Yoda dolls first. Yeah. yeah. They're, pump, they're making those in by the thousands. Yeah. Um, do either of you watch Star Wars The Resistance, the, that series? I haven't watched it yet. That's, that's the one with the weird... See, I, I don't Animation, know right? any, any much anything about it, really. I haven't I haven't looked at it yet because I, I still want to watch Clone Wars and um, Rebels. Oh, you got to watch that. Well, Clone I, Wars. I've watched really a good. lot of Clone Wars, but I'm I'm trying to watch it with my wife and son, so <laughs> that you know we can get them all caught up. I'm looking for a good road. Forget about them. I don't want to go through. Think about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> I've watched a little this, bit of uh, Clone Wars, and I've watched, and I've got Rebels the first two seasons. But I haven't watched them. Um, I think what I found they're all more on Disney Plus right now. I know, and I've, I've you know I've got Plus, so uh, I think what I'm finding is I don't want like necessarily like to spend time in this future timeline. I'm much more comfortable in the Star Wars timeline, uh, the Mandalorian timeline, you know, Rogue One, Hope Solo, or even in the past. I don't somehow can't connect to the characters or the way that the universe is set up. Uh, I, I, I yeah, honestly, it, it's not your fault though. It's it's the writing in these movies ha- yeah. has not caused an emotional connection. In fact, it's funny. I was well, talking to my twelve year old nephew who felt the same way, you know, because he's he's a big fan of the originals. Plus, you know, well, really all of them, but he feels the same way. Even at twelve, he can recognize, right, that you know, as far as the writing goes, it's not at the same level as those original movies. Mm-hmm. Well, and also you sit there and you look at um, the in the Force Awakens, they destroyed how many different planets? Like, did they destroy Coruscant? Did they? I don't no. know what they, what was the Star Killer base? They destroyed Star Killer base. They destroyed. I mean, they destroyed the, the planet of the Senate. Isn't that Coruscant? That's Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that was that still the 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 planet. I'm, I'm I'm sitting there looking it up right now, trying to see. It should be well. Know. That was that was where the Senate was, where the Emperor, you know, where Palpatine, you know, kind of started hatching his plan, putting putting everything in motion. That's just it. We don't. We never saw in Star Wars Jedi Empire where he once he took power. Did he still keep that as his base? I mean, was he still? Uh, uh, no, no, no! Didn't in Star Wars doesn't Grand Moff Tarkin say that he dissolved the Senate? Yeah, yes, he, he dissolved the so, Senate. Yeah, so he may not he have even been on that planet. Yeah, he may not even be on that planet anymore. He may be on. I don't know because obviously Vader's got his summer home on uh, Mustafar. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> summer home. I love it. So, so you know, if if there's any Disney executives listening, and I'm sure there are. <laughs> that do more of the Mandalorian type stories because that is not connected to any of the classic characters at all. And it's immensely enjoyable. That show proves that you can do a non Skywalker, Vader, Palpatine, you know, you know, incestuous relationship all over the place in your movies and make a star Wars you know, film that can can be fun and not have all these tiebacks. And I'm hoping that they've gotten this out of their system now, and this is it, right? They're not 
going back to this well anymore. Do some or, side stories. Do some. Yep. Uh, if you want to do some smuggler or, uh, uh, you know, if the Mandalorian makes it big, you know, if he gets a couple seasons and it's really, really successful, maybe they'll do that as a uh, as its own big movie. Um, and I, I'll, I, I'll, I don't want put, a big movie. I want that series to continue on like it is. And I'll, I'll put the, all the blame on that or for the success at John Favreau. I think that's because he's yeah. he's a showrunner on that. Because think about it. If you somebody told you, uh, if they pitched the idea of you, okay, we're going to do a show about a bounty hunter. He's a Mandalorian, and he's going to buy find his little sidekick is going to be a baby Yoda. You would cr- you would just roll your eyes and go, oh, what are you kidding me? That is not going to work. And no, no, no. Sure half enough, the people half the people when you mention that say they're going to make a Boba Fett type show. Right, I'm in. Lone, lone Wolf and Cub? Cub? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, but you don't realize that that wouldn't be the pitch. But Just uh, don't let Frank Miller write a script. Get <laughs> right from Swingers. How many oh. women are start watching that show just because, let's admit it, Baby Yoda is so damn cute. <laughs> um, the, the, the other thing is, mind the well. How many great Star Wars books have already been written? How many great Star Wars comic arcs have there been, whether it was Marvel or Dark Horse? There's so much material. Yeah. I don't I don't get this need to, well, we've got to write our own, you know, uh, deal, right? Because when you look at the writing credits, one, two, three, four people. It's like, really? Do Pull the, uh, do, if you want to do some more solo, do the, uh, What's the the uh, what's the Han Solo trilogy? Uh, Han Solo stars in. Yeah. Uh, do those? I mean, I haven't read yeah. them, but I hear they're they're pretty good. Uh, Unfortunately, the Han Solo movie just didn't do enough money for them to want to do any more of him. And that's well, sad. and that, that that's a shame. But do do uh, I think if you did a great heist film, if you just did it with some star- characters in Star Wars, just do a Magnificent it, Seven. It worked in the exactly. Comics. It worked something yeah. like that, or do you but know? We did do see a, that kind of on the Mandalorian already. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Now, I, hey, the the system that got destroyed was the Hosni, Hosnian system, and that was the home of the New Senate. Oh, okay. The New Republic. Excuse me. Okay. And so, yeah, the New Republic Senate. That's where it was, and so yeah, they wiped them out. So, yeah, a couple billion people, but, you know, hey, Kylo Ren's a good guy now. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's okay. All's forgiven. <laughs> hey. Since, uh, since they're absolved. Uh, look what they did with the guy in Fast and Furious. You know, he kills Han in one film, and then, you know, the next film, he's teaming up with The Rock, and everybody's their buddy-buddy, Jason Statham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I got. I want to ask you guys a Mandalorian question, and then I think we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is everybody caught up on the Mandalorian? Have seen all the has seen I, all the episodes? I have. Yep. Everybody has. So I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, and this is also spoilers for anybody listening hasn't watched the last episode. Stop listening. Do you think it was right that they took his helmet off? No. I don't think you should have ever seen him without his helmet. I personally didn't have a problem with it because the droid's logic was right. Mm-hmm. He's well, not absolutely. a living being. It's yeah, but I think if they're gonna do that. Show him taking the helmet off, but show it from the back. We never see the, you never see his face. Yeah, but I think it was probably in his contract. Well, yeah, yeah. as an actor, you want to. <laughs> as an actor, you want to see. You know, hey, I want to show my face. Time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but it was only a few seconds, and it yeah. was life or death, right? So it wasn't like he was, right. you know. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Why they did it, it makes sense, but. Because you see him take it off earlier, you just don't see him. He takes it off when he's eating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when he's on the, the, the forest planet, but I just thought Which he has to have that helmet off a lot, by the way. Otherwise he would have looked like Anakin did at the end of, you know, uh, yeah, you got his, you got his shave. Trilogy, like all pasty and, yeah. you know, like hasn't, his face hasn't seen the sun in like 20 years. <laughs> well, like he told the girl, he said, you know, she said, when's the last time you had it off? He said, oh, day or like yesterday. Yeah. But he said, no, when's the last time you had it off in front of a person? He goes, oh, not since I've put this thing on. But um, how sad, how sad was it, by the way, that Nick Nolte's character had to die? Oh, I know. Man. And this is this is <laughs> I, I watched the whole episode, all the episodes with him in it. And it wasn't until the end, until he calls him an Ugnaught, that it clicked. Oh, he's an Ugnaught. Yeah. And that's why he could fix the droid. It never dawned on me. That's who that I was. I have spoken. I have spoken. So, yeah, so two, Everybody two, in my better, house is emotion- that. <laughs> <laughs> two better emotional connections, right? So my, my wife started watching Mandalorian with me because I made her. And then when she saw Baby Yoda, Tim, she was in. Hmm? Um, sorry, the child. The child. <laughs> and Favreau, I guess, gets very upset if you say Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Oh, um, yeah, there was an article about him going off on an executive about it being called Baby Yoda. Um, well, then you should have given him a name, right? Yeah. But, you know, two, two stronger emotional beats in The Mandalorian than we got in any of these three films. Mm-hmm. Right. When the when Nick Nolte's guy, the Ugnaught, dies trying to save the child. Mm-hmm. And then when the robot yeah. right, gets out into the molten lava and sacrifices, like literally melting away to 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 get to the opening of the cave to save them. Like my wife and I felt worse in those two scenes than in the movie. <laughs> like, no, don't let that. Die. I think that's just writing. And that just is the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and it wasn't like that, that, that robot had only been, it had been in it through the whole, the whole series. Cause it, it had shown up on this episode before, but yeah, I think it just has to do with uh, the way you're writing it. But, so okay, well, how I, we can't you highly that? recommend the uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, and I love that show. And I'm sad that, that we're not going to get any more of Taika Waititi because he was doing the IG boys. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the robot really became you know a star along with everybody else. Okay, so since we've already had spoilers and everything else, spoiler for Mandalorian last episode. How shocked were you when he pulled up, when he used the black lightsaber to cut oh, through? Oh man. See, I didn't right know what there. that was. I didn't. What? I didn't the moment I saw it come out, I was thinking because I just watched Rogue One a couple days ago, so I was like, "Black Saber, oh my gosh!" And yeah, that was really, really cool. <sighs> when was there? A, a, okay, they call it the Dark Saber, right? Yeah. What it's, was there? It's actually a Mandalorian thing. So where the fact was it? it? It's in Clone Wars. But it's not in. Is it in Rogue One? In Rogue One, no. When they're uh, going through the the thing, trying to find the Stardust. In at it, it, you know, at the uh, the radio tower, mm-hmm. and you know they're sitting there listing off all sorts of things. They list off hyperspace tracking, which is mm-hmm. you know, last Jedi black saber, mm. and I'm going, oh wow, what's that? That sounds cool. And then I saw that, oh, that's black saber. <laughs> well, yeah, I know people were reacting to that, you know, but I figured Gus Fring is going to have something like that, you know, to get out of his um, get out of his situation. I guess he's going to be the big bad. I guess next season. You mean Moff Gideon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when that showed up, when you, when you get to that part in the Clone Wars, there's a really cool you know, story behind that sword and why it was created and how it was created. And So, yeah, to see it show up in the show was like, oh, what? 
Do they explore the Mandalorians much in the the Clone yes. Wars? Oh. Yeah. You get a you get yeah you understand what happened to you know the old ways right and you know with the new clash on Mandalore mm-hmm. and the fall really of the old guard Mandalorians and then that one somebody said that one of the characters had Brian do you remember what that splinter group was called that had the Mandalorian armor but they really hadn't earned it oh what was their name. The Fets rejects. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I do like the fact that his weapon is that pronged weapon from the Christmas special. Oh, that's right. From the animated uh, yeah, piece. Yeah, that's his little animated weapon that Boba Fett, the animated Boba Fett has. And I know Scott uh, Scott Gardner freaked out when um, the armored transport showed up. Yeah. <laughs> the toy. Oh, yeah. Didn't the armored transport remind you of, like, uh, the military showers they used in Desert Storm? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't say I wasn't in Desert Storm. uh, I just remember seeing, you know, the the documentaries and the news stories and all that, and they're showing all the stuff they're doing. I remember even seeing in uh, A-Team, the showers looked like uh, that that troop carrier. That's funny. Hmm. Because it's all out in the open, you know? Yeah. But, All right, guys, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up because it is New Year's Eve, and we don't want to be we won't be podcasting so, past midnight. I know, I know, and, and this is my last thing. What, did you guys like Gina Carano? Yeah, I like her. She's I, the the sidekick or the yeah, gal, the one, the one up he on picked the planet. up on. Yeah, yeah, I like her character. I like the fact that we found out right that she was a what was she a drop trooper, shock trooper or something. Yeah, yep. yeah, trooper, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot to explore with her character. Now, after, I mean, because you saw the uh, Rise of Skywalker before you watched Episode 8, right? No. No? You saw, you no. saw, you watched Mandalorian Episode 8 before you yeah, saw Skywalker? Okay. Yep. Because both of them seem to have a, a, like a square down with a TIE fighter. And oh, was, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the Ray taking yeah, we, the are, TIE fighter <laughs> with the, the lightsaber in him. Are we going to do the who did it better? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. I, I loved I loved the version in the TV show um, in the Mandalorian because yeah. it it's scary you know if you're with those characters right it's terrifying yeah you know it's got the the great classic tie sound right just the going back and forth as he's stalking them and then uh, I the like Mandalorian the the, the, shooting the, the grappling hook I like the fact that the wings folded up so they could land I mean I have a problem with tie fighters flying in the atmosphere but that's an, that's another nitpick. But I don't the think I've ever seen that before. Uh, no, but they, they've done a lot of stuff. And, you know, Rogue One had, I don't like when they have the Star Destroyers in the atmosphere. And they had that in Rogue One, and they've had oh, it yeah. in, uh, they've had it in uh, these other three films. So that's just, that's up there with having the Enterprise landing on a planet or underwater. So that's just a, a District 9. Hey, 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 it's a spaceship. It has to be airtight so it can go underwater. That's not a problem. Yeah, I didn't have a problem. Oh, I have a problem with it being airtight. i got to probably be structurally strong enough, something that's built to be in space that can withstand, support its own weight in a gravity, and certainly can't support uh, that much water around it. If an X-Wing can stay underwater for 30 years and then be brought out and still work. Oh, gosh, yeah, don't even get me started on that. Fired right up for it, didn't it? Like, first pull. Well, which no is worse, problem. that that or Kylo Ren finding a TIE fighter that still works in a crashed Death Star? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Okay, I did forget one disappointment. When Ray flew the X-Wing back after everything, it looked super cheesy. Super cheesy. She looked cheesy in it with the helmet. I'll say that. The guns on the front of the X-Wing, you know, like, that are prominent as she's getting out, they look like they were made of Nerf or something. Hmm. (laughs) It was really weird. I didn't notice that. Now you will. I just ruined it for you. Yeah, you did. I'll never be able to take my eyes away from that. (laughs) That's all you're going to look at now, like me, when the theater's staring. I'm like, why does it look so fake? Okay, uh, one last question. One last question, though. Um, The Death Star, second Death Star, was that then, I mean, because the Death Star blows up, it doesn't sit there and fly in huge chunks in 50 billion different directions. Shouldn't that have landed on the forest moon of Endor? Yeah. But it wasn't the forest moon of Endor. It was somewhere else, right? Well, if you've, if you've watched any of the J.J.'s films, apparently he believes all planets are within touching distance of each other. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Is this like know. Gotham being across the river from uh, exactly. Metropolis? Exactly. You know. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Anyway, I was gonna, that was just food for thought. Don't hate me. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just quick final thoughts. You know, would you recommend the film? Absolutely. Yeah, I would too. Ultimately, it was fun. Yeah, my my disappointments were not outweighed. My enjoyment was outweighed my disappointment. So that's why I think it was, I was, you know, it, it did what it was supposed to entertain me, and I enjoyed it. I'll buy it when it comes out. That's another, you know, benchmark for me if I enjoyed it or not. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't think I, this podcast is going to sway somebody either way, mm-hmm. but... You know, I don't want people coming across well, thinking well, we hate the, 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 Yeah, the final thoughts here. So, what you what if you've listened this far? Which, by the way, this was supposed to start off as it would be like a thirty-minute discussion of like, oh, yeah. we like this <laughs> and we didn't like this. You can't do anything thirty minutes. Um, thirty yeah. rebirth. The uh, these are three Sorry. Star Wars geeks nitpicking a Star Wars movie to death, right? Thank Literally. Because of how much we love the franchise, how much we love these characters and, the, you know, the, the, the universe, you know, of, of Star Wars, you know, everything, yeah. right? We're talking about animated cartoons, you know, our animated shows. We're talking about The Mandalorian, which is a live action, you know, what I would consider a Western mm-hmm. version of Absolutely. Star Wars, you know, to the movies and, and books and comics, everything in between. With all of that said, this is a good movie. It's enjoyable. You won't feel like, you know, you spent you know, 20 bucks between your ticket and your treats, your nachos and a pot, you're not going to walk away going, why did I go see that? You're going to come out of there and, you know, having had a good time, you know, if you're a wonk, Star Wars wonky like us, you're going to have issues. And all of all the movies do, doesn't matter which movie, we can talk about any of them. They all have some kind of issues. But yes, it's an enjoyable film. I think I was the only one that said great. So I, I gave it a B. Brian, would you yeah. agree? Yeah, I gave it a B too. I gave I'd it give it a B. Trilogy. I would, I would give it a solid B. Uh, I would think I would give the first one a B, and I would give the second one probably a B minus to a C plus, maybe because I just didn't enjoy the second one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't run to watch the Last Jedi as much as I would put this one in to watch this, and because this is a little more, the, the second one to me is a little tedious. This one moves it moves at a good clip so you're not it jumps around and there's always something going on so uh i think you could this is kind of you could put on a background while you're doing something else and just enjoy what's you know the the spectacle of it so 
Uh, yeah, I, I agree with what Dave said. I, mean, I wouldn't say great, but it's a it's a really good film. Hmm. Get right. your money's worth. I have a question, and and we we can leave on that. Given how this movie ended and the way it gave openings and everything, would you want another movie on this? No. You think this is just a good stopping point? I mean, of, of them, of them, you know, not necessarily calling it a Skywalker movie or whatever, but I, I, I kind of find myself wanting more of Finn, more of Poe, and more of Ray. But, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how that should continue. I, I've never been big on the Star Wars books because every time I've read one, it seems to deviate from what I see is, you know, what my headcanon says the Force and the Jedi and the Sith are, and it, typically they do, you know, deviate a lot. But yeah. you know, I, I, I've had a hard time getting into some of the Trek books are easy to get into because all you have to do is know the voice of the characters. Yeah, I think if they're going to do another set, like another set of three, mm-hmm. they, they need to let this thing rest for maybe ten years. Let it mm-hmm. don't don't do another one. Uh, you know, try to do it so you can get another kind of generation of fans in. And maybe it doesn't have anything to do with Ray. Maybe it's even further in the future. I don't know. But they they don't need to do another one of these starting next year or two years. Um, so I, I, I'm not anxious to, to see this continue. I'd rather see more side side stories, more Rogue Ones, more solos, things like that. David? Yeah, agreed. I think the you know the, we talked about some of the most enjoyable ones, you know, of the last what? Oh man, has it been almost a, a decade between these three movies plus Rogue One and uh, Solo? Has it been that long? Yeah, because it was right after he did. Oh yeah, been a 2012 or something like that. Yeah, very close. It's getting there. Um, Rogue One, Solo, and then this one are the three standouts. Mm-hmm. I think Solo and Rogue One are better movies than any of these three have been in this trilogy. So I, I, I'm really torn. I would love to see, you know, new characters, you know, new stories set in the star Wars universe, but I do think they wasted the potential with some of the characters. Like we talked about with like Poe Dameron, um, with, um, Huxley or not Huxley. Uh, what's his name? Rex, Wex, his his buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the Black Squadron, you know, the, the, you know, their, their adventures. But, you know, the, the, the underlying problem is it's kind of like you got to exist then in this, this universe that they've created with these three. And I'm just not really sold on it. So I, I don't know. I'm really torn. I don't want to see any more Ray. I can tell you that. Hmm. Yeah. She needs to be shelled for about 10 years. Yeah. I agree there. Well, what do you guys think? The listeners. Please let us know. Go ahead and write us at gottagetburned at gmail.com and let us know. Or let us know on iTunes. Or what are they calling that now? Apple Podcasts? Apple Music or Apple yeah, Apple Podcasts? Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcast. Let us know. I mean, especially if you do it there, give us a good review. With it. More reviews give us uh, visibility, and we need that. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to know what you guys think about what we've talked about today. What were your thoughts on the movie? And would you want to see more of these characters in the cinema, and I, I know we'll probably we're going to see plenty of them in the comics and the novels. I'm just curious about that though. Yeah. Well, Tim, you want to take us out? Sure. Uh, all right. I want to wish one this, since we're recording this on uh, New Year's Eve. You won't it won't be released before that, but I want to wish everybody a happy New Year. 
uh, by the time you listen to this. And I want to thank my two uh, <clears throat> my two co-hosts for uh, David for coming on, and Brian uh, as always. David, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. Just a shame John couldn't uh, couldn't yeah. join us, but he did Agreed. record something, so we can we're gonna yeah, edit his it. his comments in. I think I'll put uh, that in in front of everything. Yeah, and see how see how quickly I can get this out to everyone. Okay. Uh, so for third degree burn, this special Star Wars episode, whatever we're going to call it, uh, I'm Tim Elliott, and I'm Brian Hughes, and I'm David Thompson. All right, Excellent. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. If you're interested in any of the books we cover in the show, just head over to tutufreaks.com and use the Amazon link to shop. This doesn't cost any extra, but it really helps support the shows. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. All right, I'll be mayor. <laughs>